Diane, Bo here. I've been investigating the dreams of Agent Dale Cooper, and I think I may have gone too far. What's that? This little guy just showed up in my room, but he has been notoriously difficult to catch. If you would just get a little closer. Ah, ew, he is slippery. What's that? Anyway, so I think what Agent Cooper may have been onto is some sort of leprechaun-related phenomenon. If I can just get my hands on this guy... What's that? Ah! Alright, I'm, I'm pretty sure I get a pot of gold if I catch him. So, come here, you crimson gold mine! What's that? Leave that dwarf alone and get some sleep! I'm gonna be rich, McLeish! What's that? Drop it. Duncan and Bo come correct. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaks, where uh, myself, Bo Ransdell, and my uh, cohort, Duncan McLeish. Hello. Uh, we are investigating the investigation of the death of Laura Palmer. Watching the detectives, if you will. Um I'm going to speak in nothing but Elvis Costello song titles tonight. This is this is going to be a long episode, I can already tell. Veronica. Uh, <laughs> um, it's your new nickname. Based on my lazy understanding of Elvis Costello song titles. <laughs> um, so folks, we're, we're back. We are talking tonight about uh, episode five mm-hmm. of, uh, of Twin Peaks. Um entitled the one-armed man um for obvious reasons as as we will discover um so before we jump into that as always just a reminder this is spoiler free we will we will talk only about this episode in relation to the episodes that have come before we will not spoil as we approach the back end of this season we are still not going to talk about uh who killed Laura Palmer until it is revealed by the show itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of sexy. Uh, <laughs> and also very difficult. <laughs> it, is, it, it is. And there's one moment in the episode tonight that as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, there's so much to talk about because of this one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, this episode, though, uh, was written by uh, Robert Ingalls. And is directed by Tim Hunter. Mm-hmm. So uh no no frost or well, almost no lynch. Yeah. But we do have his you know, his premiere on the show, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh and that's always a delight. Because <laughs> it, it gives me an excuse when we get to that scene to <laughs> do my <laughs> dumb impression again. Can't wait to hear it. Uh, One of the best things on here as well is when um, and we're going to get to the scene, but it's like fantastic because our discussions of this are now kind of bleeding into my viewing of the show. So I, I can't look at James the same way anymore now. Thanks for that, Bo. Um, but there's a bit where Hawk phones um, in to speak to Agent Cooper and Agent Cooper picks up the phone and just says, Hawk. Yep, yep. Um, and when he said that, I heard, Ka-ka! 
in my head and I thought, oh no, that's that. That's that ruined as well. Ruined. ruined as well. <laughs> I would say enhanced, sir. This show is a companion to the series. It it, it just <laughs> makes it better. Um <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. It, like, there are several really solid Hawk moments in this episode, if you're looking. Yeah, um, Hawk's amazing, let's be honest. And, alright, I'm just gonna spoil one now, because it happens... Like, the camera almost misses it, but when Cam, uh, when Hawk uh, greets the gentleman in front of the vet's office with a high five... Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? Why there was cool not a spinoff show just about Hawk is beyond me. And you never know, it may happen. There may be a whole episode of the new season um, just dedicated to Hawk. There better be. <laughs> so I've made that promise and Paul have it. Yeah, I've... Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, Lynch has to know what he has on his hands with this character. Gold, obviously. Yeah, I mean, the number of websites just about this character that I have created recently is staggering. (laughs) (laughs) All my Deputy Hawk fan fiction. (laughs) Uh, You can get the uh, first novel out now on Amazon called Eyes Like a Hawk. Which goes, of course, into Hawk's uh, upbringing as well as his uh, training as a tracker, thanks to his grandfather. But I don't want to spoil it. Just pick it up on Amazon. Eyes like a hawk available now. Don't. Yeah, and I'm. I I started a a recent sequel to Eyes Like a Hawk uh, called What the Hawk's That, Um, (laughs) and that that'll be next summer, uh, God willing. So. All right. Well done. Um, don't look either of those things up. They don't. Even <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. I know. I know it's tempting, but don't do it. Yeah. Although, no, the more I think about it, like eyes like a hawk kind of writes itself. Um, eyes but, like a hawk sounds like the the worst, like nineteen seventy three rock ballad that no one has ever heard from some obscure band. <laughs> right. Like Triumph did it on you know, like a B side. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a horrible B side, a forgotten B side. Eyes <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a hawk. Also, could have been a 1984 uh, action movie. <laughs> Starring Chuck Norris. Yeah, preferably. Yep. And uh, who's the guy with the chin? Uh <laughs> Of Robert Robert Zadar, yeah, that Zadar's the villain <laughs> in Zidar's Eyes Zidar's Like a Hog. <laughs> Only if Robert Zadar is um, is preempting the role from Samurai Cop. Yeah, it's clearly the same character. <laughs> we're, we're joining the universes of Twin Peaks and Samurai Cop. Oh man, just just a quick a quick shout out for for those people that are digging the the, the Twin Peaks and watching through it just now. High recommend from myself. Check out Riverdale. Riverdale is full of Twin Peaks, although tonally it is much different. Um, it's full of some Twin Peaks. There's a lot of Twin Peaks going on in that show, and I kinda adore it. Even though I know I hate myself for adoring it, it's really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um. I you are you like everyone keeps talking about this show and 
I feel like at a certain point, I just watch too much stuff on the CW for my age. <laughs> you know, because it's not just that. Like, I enjoyed The Flash, and now that Supergirl is on there, I think that show is really charming. Um, I haven't watched a ton of it lately, but I, I like the CW has produced a lot of shows I like, and I don't know how I feel about that. That's not them. They're doing a bang-up job. Uh, that's all yeah. an internal struggle. Um, <laughs> the war rages on. It really does. At a certain point, I'm like, now, is that a real slang term, or is that just something they say on the show? Like, I'm turning <laughs> into that guy. Um, So, uh, Twin Peaks is what we're talking about on this podcast. That, this tangent came in really, really, really quick. Yeah. And it's... It, like before we even could talk about the first scene and this one we have we've created a whole fucking hawk like backstory and like the forward story and sub story and jesus and everything else so yeah, yeah they're getting their money's worth this week bo that's right every every week they every are getting week. their their every penny that uh, our listeners spend on this show they are getting back in spades <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so Twin Peaks is happening, mm-hmm. and we uh, we begin the show at the uh, the Palmer household, where uh, Deputy Andy is doing a police sketch and a, and a startlingly good one. Yeah. So it's um, the Palmers, uh, Sheriff Truman, mm-hmm. um, obviously uh, Deputy Andy doing the sketch. Uh, Agent Cooper and uh, the cousin, uh, Laura's cousin, who looks just like her. What's her name? Mm-hmm. Madeline. Something yes, like that. Mad- yeah. The, yes. Yes. Mad- and um, Donna's there as well. Right. Kind of inexplicably. I was never clear why Donna was in the room. Um, I guess because they're doing the uh, the sketch of what Mrs. Palmer saw in her vision. You know, the, yeah. the, the character of Bob mm-hmm. and, uh, in like Ray wise is not in this episode nearly enough for my money, but <laughs> his appearance is pretty great. Comes down kind of the sheffield, um, kind of, kind of spacey and like, she's, she's talking about this first thing and he's like, well, did you tell him about the second dream you had? Um, which is in reference to episode one memory serves. Um, the the very end of episode one, and she recalls that she had this vision of a, a, a rock in the woods being moved by a gloved hand, and um, Laura's necklace being removed from underneath the stone. And of course, that's why Donna's obviously in this scene because Donna was there when it was placed there, and Donna's like, "Oh shit, this rings a bell. I wonder if." Um, but yeah, Rewise is amazing in this. Like he like just kind of shumble, like, he just kind of shambles in like 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 a mental patient. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of wonderful. It and his delivery of the line is almost like, why don't you tell him about the other one? They're gonna love that. Yeah, you know, just like he's being kind of a dick here. Yeah, uh, but looks like maybe he's been on a bender. Uh, yeah. 
kind of think like kind of think like he's he's like being all kind of sarcastic and all the rest but his wife didn't fall on their daughter's grave just saying well, that well and he was also when last we saw leland palmer mm-hmm. uh he was drunk trying to get any old person to dance with him at, at the bar yeah and had to be taken home so eh, you know he's a little on the hungover side what he needs to just lay down on a couch and watch independence day but instead <laughs> has to go disrupt a police investigation. Uh, but yeah, ultimately what comes away from this is we get a, a, a sketch drawing of Bob, um, which which could be quite interesting and may play into something that's happening later on in this episode. Indeed. Uh, so once we leave the Palmers, um, we join our crew back at the Twin Peaks uh, police station where initially uh, Lucy is watching a soap opera to remind us yet again, like, Hey, everybody remember, like, especially as this episode goes on and gets real, you know, twisty turny Mm -hmm. um, that like, Hey, this is all just kind of a big dumb soap opera. So don't take this too seriously. And I kind of like it when the show does the show within the show, Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just a slightly exaggerated version of what you're already watching. Yeah. Um, it, it's very funny. But Lucy is upset with Deputy Andy, uh, who's like, you know, Lucy, why couldn't <laughs> I stay at your house last night? And uh, But why, why why does Deputy Andy sound like like a deeper version of Jodie Foster from Silence of the Lambs. He's got a little Forrest Gump in him, too. He's a cross between Forrest Gump and, and Clarice Starling. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I assume it was... He got hired as part of an outreach program <laughs> or something to, like... But I don't think Deputy Andy... Like, I think he's a deputy in the same way that I'm like, I could make a citizen's arrest. You think you think you think he's a deputy in the same way that Deputy Dewey and Scream is a deputy? Right, right. Like, <laughs> let's all remember Barney Fife was a deputy of Mayberry, Mayberry RFD, and <laughs> clearly he should not have had a gun. No, um, but uh, and Deputy Andy, as we will learn, is kind of the same way. But so there's a little friction, a little static between Lucy and Andy. She is uh, giving him the cold shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then we move into the lynchiest scene of uh, this particular episode, I would argue, mm-hmm. where Agent Cooper is talking to uh, Dr. Jacoby, uh, who is doing a trick with golf balls and and his mouth. <laughs> it's not so much a trick as just him kind of swallowing a golf ball and spitting it back out, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> So, but so Dr. Jacoby's problem is that he cannot fully divulge the what Laura Palmer has said to him because of doctor patient uh, confidentiality rules. Mm-hmm. And um, so Agent Cooper has to question him and, and try to, you know, find the limits. The way that Jacoby puts it is we can find some kind of hula because it turns out Dr. Jacoby is spiritual in as much as he really likes Hawaii. <laughs> he kind of just a little bit. 
I mean, there's not many people that would be bold enough to have a fake palm tree in their house. Yeah, I, well, so he also adheres to Hawaiian spirituality, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I'm sure is a thing, but I, kind of uncommon for a fella in the Pacific Northwest. And, uh, but yeah, so, you know, they have this talk about, like, you know, was Laura Palmer uh, doing cocaine? And, and he was like, well, you know, she, that, that seems to be reasonably well known. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well, did, you know, Laura Palmer was with a bunch of people the night she died. Were you one of those people? And uh, he's like, no, 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 no. That's, that wasn't my role there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, you know, just kind of a little more of a tease about what Dr. Jacoby's involvement was, but also that, you know, he's still got more information, it seems, than he's letting on at this point. Yeah, because, yeah, because as he's leaving, he says that the, the only thing he can see is that he followed, um, as part of his investigations and whatnot, he followed a red car, uh, which belonged to potentially one of uh, Laura's partners. Yeah. So yeah, so that, that was this was this information that he he passed forward, which is kind of pertinent to something we find out later on in this episode. Very much so. Uh, mm. But so off, uh, Doctor Jacoby Fox. <laughs> In his red and blue shaded sunglasses, just oh, fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, Gordon, uh, Agent Cooper's supervisor, uh, calls in as voiced by David Lynch. Later, we'll yeah. uh, we'll actually see him a little bit, but um, so he lets. Uh, Cooper know that like uh, uh, Albert's been on the case piecing together the evidence that he he found on the body that mm-hmm. uh, the twine on the body is uh, common that you know there's definitely not a a match to the uh, the rope that bound her wrists um, but uh, also that the bites and scratches were from a bird mm-hmm. not a people's which <laughs> is interesting. And also that there uh he's doing a reconstruction of the uh piece of plastic that that was uh found in Laura Palmer's uh was her stomach? Is where they found the yes. uh, the plastic J. So yeah. Uh and then brings up Albert's altercation uh with uh Sheriff Truman who punched him <laughs> and and he kind of ends up hanging up on his boss, which is pretty great. Um, yeah. Start, yeah, he basically says that knowing what Albert is like um, and what he was like and how rude he'd been, he was surprised that Truman managed to wait a whole day before punching him. And if they want to take it further, he would take it further on the side of Truman and take it as high as Washington. So defending defending his new friend. Yeah. So uh then Deputy Andy comes in uh with the, the picture that they got from uh the Palmers because I, I was mistaken. Agent Cooper was not there. 
I apologize. Because uh, he says he was he he didn't want to go because he didn't want to influence um, the, the you know uh, Mrs. Palmer's description, but that yeah. he was a powerful sender and fell and had intuited that uh, his dream and her visions were somehow connected. So that you know, basically, he was feeding her the image of Bob, uh, yeah, or picking up. Uh, uh, from her, but when he looks at the picture, he's like, "Oh, well, the eyes were a little bit closer together, and the image that I was sending." Uh, so, anyway, some weirdness. Uh, as this show uh, goes along, it just kind of gets weirder and weirder all- along those lines. Um, but then we move over to uh, one real see you next Tuesday, <laughs> Catherine Martell. <laughs> Uh, who is uh, in a motel room with Benjamin Horn, and just outside is uh, Josie, Josie Packard, mm-hmm. staking it out, yeah, and uh, getting getting some some dirt on Catherine Martell. Um, so inconveniently for Benjamin Horn and Catherine Martell, uh. The motel that they have been using or using on this day to uh, conduct their illicit affair is also uh, right next door to where they are hunting uh, for a suspect. Yeah. And uh, they come out, uh, unfortunately, guns blazing. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know if that was the full intention, but um, Deputy Andy again. Uh, a, a bit of a butterfinger, really. Sorry I dropped my gun. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <gasps> Dr. Lecter, the lamb, she was screaming. <laughs> so, they bust in on a poor, half-naked, one-armed dude. Yeah. <laughs> And oh, because they tell me put his hands up in the air, and the kid like turns around, and then you realize that this man only has one arm. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like anytime you see that, it's always uh, uh, a little strange to see someone who's like truly disfigured in an acting role. Because mm-hmm. I don't believe any of this was, you know, computered out or nothing. Oh no, hopefully not. Um, I imagine that the lunch being the way he is, he went for authenticity here one hundred percent. Yeah, so uh, it turns out that uh, this gentleman, uh, Mr. Gerard, is a once upon a time uh, salesman. Uh, still a salesman. He he sells boots and shoes now. Uh, but what was he selling door to door back in the day? Um, oh fuck! I can't remember. This is a terrible Twin Peaks podcast. Um, <laughs> But anyway, he he sold something else. It was like perfume or something. Anyway, doesn't matter. He he was selling shoes now. Uh, but yeah, he was going to the hospital because uh, he'd been. Was it him that had been in a coma? And there was uh, he's he does know someone named Bob, but mm-hmm. he's like, oh no, Bob's a great guy. He's fine. He's uh, a bit. Yeah, he's a veterinarian of all things. Like good good salt of the earth job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then proposes making a deal um, with uh, the police department about, like, getting them all in some boots, you know? 
Like, not, not wasting the opportunity to make a sale here. But then, Agent Cooper probes a little deeper. Mm. And says, like, hey, uh, what happened to your arm? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, nothing. It was a car accident. It's cool. And he's like, hey, do you have a tattoo on that arm? Like in my dream? And he's <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about, but... Yeah, I did. And then he starts crying and says, it said mom. Mm. So whatever this character is, he does not seem to be a real world analog to uh, the dream version. Yeah. That uh, Agent Cooper saw. But uh, before the investigation ends, we have our favorite Deputy Hawk. Who calls the sheriff over because he's like, hey, while you guys were in there talking to that guy that leads you nowhere, I was out here doing something awesome. Uh, (laughs) He's like, there was a car here uh, already staked out when I got here, and it's Josie Packard, and I'm telling you because I'm cool, and I know you guys have a thing going on. So, like, I'm letting you know on the sly. Oh, man. (laughs) Hawk just, like, if there is a right choice to be made, that's the choice Hawk's making. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so he lets him know, like, hey, Josie was here, so you may want to have a little chit-chat with her about (laughs) what she's doing at this motel in the middle of the day. Um, So now, Duncan, it's time to go to high school. Yay! Yeah. And... What a sexy, sexy high school it is. Wait, I don't think I should say that. Um, no, never say that, Bo. Never say that, considering we're going to the ladies' toilet. That's true. and um, But it's a sexy way to go. Uh, so, <laughs> Audrey uh, sh- shows up while Donna is putting on some makeup and immediately lights a smoke because she's the bad girl. Yeah. Um, but she's like, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to blow this town, and you know how I'm going to do it? I'm going to do it because Agent Cooper's going to fall in love with me. And you know why? Because I'm going to help him solve a murder. Mm -hmm. And Donna's like, no, you're not. (laughs) And she's like, well, okay, I can't, but you can help me, and we both can. Yeah. Uh, So they basically strike an arrangement where they're going to investigate whether or not um, Laura Palmer was working the perfume counter at Horns, and that somehow led to One-Eyed Jacks, mm-hmm. which is, they they talk about her doing a little, a little coke that maybe, we don't know that she worked there, but what if she did? And, uh, you know, they're basically bonding a little bit, forming a little uh, a, a Nancy Drew detective team here. Yeah. And... Uh, and she also um, reveals here that Dr. Jacoby, when she saw Dr. Jacoby uh, talking to Johnny when you know last episode when she was peeping in on him, that it was there that she learned that Jacoby was actually uh, Laura Palmer's doctor. Like that apparently was a bit of a secret. Mm-hmm. So you know we got Donna and Audrey uh, aligned now, so that's cool. Yeah, about time. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there seems to be a little bit of a, you know, between those two, so (laughs) 
like Donna seems like she's not really crazy about Audrey. You know, like maybe yeah. she thinks Audrey's a little trashy. But mm. that's why we love Audrey. She is yeah, she's a little dirty. Plus she gives me the horn. Yes. The Audrey horn. Uh <laughs> speaking of getting horns though, it's uh prison time. <laughs> Don't drop the soap. Nope. Uh, well, this is only a hearing room, so maybe you can uh, drop a bar or two. But, I mean, don't. <laughs> don't go out of your way to do it, but you might be okay. Um, no, this is uh, Norma's husband, Hank, um, is having his parole hearing. So we've been getting, like, over the past couple of episodes, like last episode we had his lawyer uh, showing up to be like, hey, you know, we need you to show up for this hearing and be cool. And uh, and so that's what her husband basically says to her again, which is like, hey, are you going to be cool? Like, I don't need you coming in here and screwing things up for me. I'm trying to get out of this place. But it, it makes the, you know, that jailhouse plea, right? The like, I'm, I'm, things are going to be different. I'm a different guy now. Yeah. And then when he's actually in front of uh, the board for the hearing, you know, he's like, look, I, you know, I, yes, I did a bad thing. It was apparently... Uh, a car accident. He doesn't take any responsibility for it. He was like, it was a car he says accident. His feet. Right. Right. And he, like when somebody points that out, he's like, no, no, you're right. You're right. But he never actually says like, yes, I did a bad thing. Yeah. He uh, says, he, he says that like uh, when they call him on that, he says that he twists it to be that he was fated to come to prison to sort his life out. Um, because not only had he ruined the life of the person he killed, um, but he almost, almost ruined the life of his wife. That little lady back there. Norma. And he gives her the, like, sleaziest dirt bag, like, catch you later, on (sighs) his way out of the hearing room. And and so they say, like, we're going to make a decision by 5 o'clock. Quit playing with your domino keychain that could in no way be relevant to the rest of the story. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then Norma's like, look, if he gets out, I'll give him a, a job, and then he can move back in with me because he's my husband, technically, and also a violent dude, apparently. And uh, I don't want to <laughs> get murdered. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, so all that's going down with uh, Hank and Norma. And then uh, up comes the scene where we go to investigate the veterinarian's office, and this is also the opening where Hawk does the high five. That's uh, amazing. I, I have it in my notes because, again, the camera's moving. It is not focused on him at all. But Hawk is just like, hey, buddy. And then high five some random dude. It's oh, it's just the best. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they're on the hunt for Bob, though. And so they show up at the, the vet's office and um, show the picture you know, the, the police sketch of the Bob from, uh, the dreams and the uh, receptionist is like, no, that's not our Bob. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, that also he has sent deputy Andy to go buy twine at the hardware store next door. And he has come back with the same brand of twine used on Laura Palmer. Mm -hmm. So, uh, agent Cooper is of the belief that, Hey, if there are two coincidences that occur at the same time, you can't look away from that. And that this means something. It's like Dreyfus and the mashed potatoes. You know? Yes. He's like, 
this this is my mashed potato tower. Um, also, there's a llama. It should be pointed out <laughs> in this scene. Cause David Lynch, right? Like everybody in this town has weird ass pets as well. Uh, the number of bird owners in particular is is I think skews high uh, per capita. <laughs> But uh, at any rate, yeah, so there's a llama hanging out. And basically, they're, they're going to subpoena all the records uh, because Agent Cooper believes that there is still a lead to be followed uh, for this Bob that they have yet to find. Um, and so they're going to grab all the, the patient records and whatnot. So um, then at the Johnson household... Yeah, that's been a while since we've been here. Yeah, things are getting sexy. Yep. So, uh, Bobby is being straddled uh, by the lovely Mrs. Johnson mm. while Leo is out and about. Yep, he's he's uh, up to clearly good things because we know Leo is a nice guy. Yeah. Well, we know that he is he's with Jacques Renault, and this is kind of what Shelley uh tells Bobby is like, Oh, you don't have to worry, he's not gonna be back. I can hear his Corvette, wink wink, from a wink. mile away. <laughs> so uh it's cool. Um and he's like, No, no, no. You get like the fact that Leo is with Jacques Renault, that's a piece of the puzzle that Bobby didn't have. Mm -hmm. Which is that Jacques is the guy who's been helping Leo run Coke across the border. Yep. And that, you know, Bobby's into Leo for 10 grand right now because of the money that Laura Palmer had. So he's thinking, like, well, how can I use this information to my benefit? And Shelly is like, tell you what, I got something else for you. And pulls out of her hidey hole the bloody shirt that Leo had from way back in what, like the second episode or something. Yeah. And Whale buck. yeah. And she's like, Hey, what do you think about this? And he's like, is this Leo shirt? And, he, and she's like, yeah, the initials are right in the collar. He makes me so everything like his initials on everything, including him. It's weird. <laughs> so, uh, But, uh, yeah, so she gives, well, she doesn't give the shirt to Bobby. Bobby's just like, I'm going to take this, okay? And mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, whatever. Oh, by the way, I also have this gun. So we now know that Shelly is uh, packing heat, uh, and Bobby has the shirt now. And then she does, like, a sexy little strip tease with the gun. Mm -hmm. And Bobby closes in on her in the creepiest Peter Lorre way possible. As um, very much. It's weird. As so Peter Lorre, actually. So, we now back at the police station. Um, Lucy is still giving Andy the cold shoulder. Mm -hmm. But they've returned with all the patient records. And they're, they're tasking Lucy with going through all the files and finding all the people who have birds. Because once again, a bird is responsible for attacking Laura Palmer. So maybe it was someone who owned a bird. Mm -hmm. um, one presumes. So 
Uh, also because of the incident involving uh, Deputy Andy uh, discharging, improperly discharging his firearm uh, by dropping it. Um, they're like, hey, let's go do some some practice shooting because we have to see how, how, how awesome we all are. Uh, <laughs> except for Andy, who kind of sucks. But um, so they're asking Andy, like, hey, what's going on with you and Lucy? And he's like, I don't know. And uh, finally, Agent Cooper is like, look, women are, it can be kind of weird, but we need to get you trained up so you don't kill all of us with your inappropriate handling <laughs> of weapons. <laughs> and, and so they all take a turn at firing at some targets. And uh, like Agent Cooper's naturally is the best uh, because he has shot out both eyes twice and both nostrils. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have um, Deputy Hawk with <laughs> with six shots, three kills, uh, and then Deputy Andy with uh, zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Deputy that's the point Andy. when you take the gun off him, <laughs> right? And you know, but Agent Cooper is ever the optimist and you know tells him like look chin up it's gonna be cool uh you know we're just gonna practice a bunch you're gonna be fine agent cooper's a solid egg here he's not being a a jerk about it but um but in fairness deputy andy does look like he's horrified with every shot he takes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so what 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 an asset he is to that police department yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure what function he serves yet, but we'll see. Um, yeah. So back at the uh, the Double R Diner, Duncan, mm-hmm. seeing how much de alliteration I can get into this. Um, so we're we're with Norma and Shelley, who are in kind of oddly the same position. Yeah, yeah, the, the, their lives are. <clears throat> are very very much on a similar path, um, and well, maybe that maybe Bo, that is the plight of the the diner lady. If you're a diner lady, you need to have an old man who is a criminal. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Tom Waits songs. <laughs> diner lady, Mings is what's he building in there? That is legitimately a great song. It's like one of the greatest songs ever. I, I think the most uh, Tom Waits title that has ever been, though, is Christmas Card from a Hooker in Min- in Minneapolis, I think is the name of the song. Mm-hmm. And it like just seeing the song title, you don't have to tell me Tom Waits wrote it. I yeah, know, know by the title. <laughs> you know. <laughs> of course you know. <laughs> yeah. Anytime it's like, you know, well, the hooker has polio, you know, and you're like, oh, well, Tom Waits is singing this, clearly. it's like uh it's like country music squared it's not like my dog ran away and my wife left me it's like you know i buried my wife today and my mistress of 20 years left me because she just found out about my wife yeah it's 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 like country music if it was written by the coen brothers (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) 
Uh, so yeah, so there's a, some some bonding between uh, Norma and and Shelly, and they kind of have a, a, almost a like big sister little sister moment. It's really just them kind of stating where they are with things because uh, in walks James. And he's Who's like, that? yeah, is this a diner? And they're like, yeah, you, you've been in here a lot. So, <laughs> thanks. So. <laughs> then it just disappears. Yeah. And he, he's, so he calls Donna's house where Donna's dad is cooking. And Donna's like, hey, you want to come over? Because my dad actually likes you for, for some inexplicable reason. I don't know why I'm with you. Uh, so let's. <laughs> Just come over and try to remind me. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be over a minute. And <laughs> then before uh, he can immediately leave for Donna's, in walks uh, Madeline Palmer. The, or no, she's an isn't even a Palmer. She's just Laura's cousin. What, she says her name. It's like Madeline Ferguson or something like that from Missoula. But James sees her and is like, you know, Laura? And, and she's like yes it's his eye well and actually the first thing he says to her is almost like it's almost like i wrote it for my stupid dumb james voice because his first line to her is who are you <laughs> like a child <laughs> what your name my my name james <laughs> and, So she's like, oh my goodness, where are you? Like, is someone responsible for you? Are they here? Yeah, where's where's your kid? Right. And he's like, no, I'm here by myself. She's like, that's good. Uh, but you think I look like Laura Palmer? And he's like, oh. And she she's like, yeah, I used to come here when I was a kid, and you know, like pretended that we were sisters and but i didn't really know her or anything and but anyway so you're james okay i'm the spitting image of the woman you loved i guess maybe we'll see each other around sometime and uh he's like okay see you (laughs) he's pretty like laura and (laughs) and the scene ends with oh, poor James, uh, uh, poor James, poor anyone that has the misfortune to run across him. <laughs> Ed Ed is the one guy that has like the the kind of saintly patience you need, I think, to deal with James on a regular basis. No Ed in this episode. Sadly, no. It's yeah. There should always be more Ed. Nadine's obviously just got him in a room going, Ed, Ed! <laughs> I want a triple orgasm. Let me get the oil in. And I want some eggs. <laughs> oh God, that what a house of horrors that must be. <sighs> that's all. Well, that's why you got people under the stairs in that place later. <laughs> I, yeah, I that's, just, this is true. I just assume that it's the same story. Um, <laughs> so now we get to see Audrey doing a little. Uh, a little sneaky spy behavior because mm-hmm. she has decided she's going to get to the bottom of whatever happened with Laura Palmer by going undercover. Undercover Audrey. 
Mm. Undercover Audrey. Of volume four. Twin Peaks <laughs> fantasy. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, Audrey shows up in uh, Benjamin Horn's sweat lodge where he is training, I guess, to have sex with an old woman. Uh, <laughs> he's keeping his stamina up. He's got two old women. Keep, keeping it tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so Audrey comes in and is like, look, I... I've been terrible. I know you think that um, I don't care about our family, but I do, and I, I want I want to contribute again. I, at some point, you're going to need to give the business to somebody. Probably not going to be the kid wearing the Indian headdress. Uh, so that leaves me, and maybe I should start to give a shit. Essentially, and yeah. so why don't you let me work at the department store and let me learn from the bottom up? Which is a pretty good tactic, actually. This is one of one of the better Audrey moves, I think. Uh, she, yeah. w- she wasn't real slick with the note uh, that she slipped Agent Cooper, but kind of putting one over on her dad here is, is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Our dad seems okay with it, kinda, he, but he's suspicious to an extent, um, and rightly so. If if my daughter was Audrey Horn, I would be constantly suspicious that she was up to something because I know what she's like. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, no matter what she said, I would assume she was lying to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he gives in. He gets a, a, a phone call from, uh, I, I assume, uh, Brother Jerry with the uh, Icelandic people in Iceland. Yes. Um, ironically named Iceland, by the way. <laughs> much Much greener than the name would suggest. Uh, but yeah, so they're <laughs> still working on a deal um, to uh, you know get get the 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 land around the sawmill and all that stuff. So um, now we go to our investigation of uh, the bird stuff, which uh, has hit a bit of a snag because it turns out that all the files were alphabetized by the name of the pet, mm-hmm. not by the patients. And also that uh, Albert is done with his recreation of uh, the J, the fragment of the J. Um, And it looks like it's probably a chip from One-Eyed Jacks. Yep. Also, uh, we have some news on the bird front that uh, Albert has pieced together that the bird uh, was almost certainly a parrot or a minor bird. Mm-hmm. Which is good, Albert deduction. <laughs> you have to good be, old Albert. I mean, you have to be a real specialist to be like. Not only did a bird do it, I'll tell you what kind. Um, that is good bird police work. It's good bird police. Work. <laughs> uh, but we have a we we have a match. There is a minor a minor bird named uh, Ronaldo. Is it? Oh, something weird like that, yeah. Um, but at any rate, uh, it turns out that the bird in question is owned by one Jacques Renault. Mm. So we're starting to see some pieces come together here. We've got um, Laura Palmer uh, potentially working at one Eye Jacks. We've got uh, the bloody shirt from Leo Johnson. Uh, we've got his association with Jacques Renault. We've got Jacques Bird 
attacking mm-hmm. uh, Laura Palmer. Um, Twine right next to uh, the vet that Jacques Renault apparently goes to. So yeah, the uh, the the circle closes, and uh, it's time to uh, to go on the hunt for uh, mm-hmm. for one Jacques Renault. Yeah. And, oh, obviously, obviously they'll get him. Nothing's going to stop that happening, is it, Bo? Well, there's a scene that we don't see where Hawk chases after. All right, well, so <laughs> we'll get there. So, yeah, so they go to the door. This time, um, Andy does not shoot anybody, thankfully. But Bobby is actually there, has snuck into uh, this place that Renault was supposed to be staying in uh, to frame up uh, the Laura Palmer murder. Mm-hmm. So he jumps out the back window when he hears somebody at the front door. Hawk goes in pursuit. And here's the scene we don't see, Duncan. Oh, tell me about that. So Bobby is on foot. Deputy Hawk is in his car, but Bobby is cutting across uh, you know, the verdant meadows of Twin Peaks and the the uh, the forests. But that does not deter Hawk. He chases him down, actually crashing into one of these Douglas firs, <laughs> sending Hawk through the windshield, but that was all part of his plan because he's got his arms folded just right. So as he pierces the glass, he tucks and rolls, going into a run closer than ever to running down his prey. Unfortunately, Bobby has jumped into a river and is being taken downstream far faster than Hawk can possibly catch him. And only then does Hawk give up. What guy? He's amazing. He is amazing. (laughs) So... But anyway, Bobby got away, is the point. Yeah. Uh, so, yep, they do, however, uh, discover uh, the shirt. Yes, yes. And they discover the initials on the shirt. Yes. So, once more, Leo Johnson looking more and more uh, like the man who, in fact, uh, murdered Laura Palmer, or most certainly would know who did. Yeah. And just to make sure that we remember who this guy is, because basically we've seen very little of him other than his wife having sex with another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he and his very red uh, Corvette are hanging out in the woods and up comes Benjamin Horn. Yeah. Hmm. This is the thing about it. This is kind of the thing I love about Twin Peaks is that you we forget that it is such a small town that everyone does kind of know everyone, um, and there are relationships going on with people which you wouldn't expect, but as they go on, you kind of totally expect. Um, Benjamin Horn uh, kind of confronts him, um, and we we find out about the the feat. Of Jacques Renault, um, who managed to escape across the border, he is back up in Canada. Uh, one would imagine French Canada. Um, he's away up there, but his brother did not did not have the the same option afforded to him. Is that a nice way to put that? Well, you know, he Leo told him, "Hey, if you ever give me up to the cops." 
then I'll kill you. And so uh, the brother was, in fact, uh, you know, harangued by the cops. Mm -hmm. And um, so Leo killed him. I like he didn't give in, <laughs> give Leo up, but, you know, better safe than sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, Leo has him tied up uh, near a tree. But so Leo is starting to understand that there are business opportunities opening up in Twin Peaks now that Jacques Renault is across the border. And the offer Benjamin has for him uh, right now is to burn down the mill mm -hmm. and to make it look, in fact, like arson. In capital letters, arson. Capital letters, arson. So, uh, yeah. Um, Benjamin and uh, Leo in bed together as well for some dirty business. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't see any arson or anything this time around. Uh, we just know Leo is into some, some nefarious shit. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the woods. Uh, somewhere else in the woods where a stupider conversation is happening between <laughs> James and Donna. They're trying to find the necklace that they buried because Donna is very much aware that Laura's mum had the vision of it being removed. And wouldn't you know it, it's not there. Yeah, so something creepy is happening and just then an owl hoots. And the camera does uh, a a quick zoom out. Mm -hmm. And we see from the owl's point of view before seeing the owl, which is pretty great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, an owl's watching him. That's not important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said that so convincingly. Uh -huh. But James is like... Um, when, like when they discovered that this necklace is missing, kind of wisely says, you know, we should tell the police now. And Donna's, <laughs> <laughs> we should tell some grown-ups. <laughs> but Donna, <laughs> Donna is like, no, 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 they didn't love her. We did. And mm -hmm. which Donna, come on now. Just because you loved her doesn't mean you're a detective. Um. But she is all in and tells James, you know, like, you're the person I want to be with and kind of lays it on, uh, which is great if you had been James from a day ago. Yeah. Before he saw, you know, new Laura, because, you know, he's just lip wrestling with uh, Donna thinking about cousin Madeline. Yeah, CD bastard. He, uh, James. So bad, James. You know, you've got so much working against you already. You don't need dishonesty to uh, to go along with it. Um, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. I'm like, you know what? I was kind of okay with James until now. Mm -hmm. um, now, now that he he's double crossed Donna for not Laura. Um. Yeah, very sneaky. So sounds like a really cool donut place. Double cross donuts. It does sound pretty good. You know, mm. you know what they have there that uh, that's good is the uh, the Bavarian creams. 
And I, look, I, I know everyone does it, but they're glazed. They're going to blow your mind. That's how good they are. They are. I, I like the cream-filled horns. Oh, sure you do. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't make that joke first. I know I was kind of expecting it, but then I thought maybe Bo's taking the higher ground. Let me un- <laughs> let me undermine that. <laughs> let's, let's drag this show back in the gutter where it belongs. Been a little too a, a little too uh, uh, righteous and moral this time yeah, around. I'll, I will have a cream filled Audrey Horn, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we all will. Uh, yes, you know she is actually going to be appearing in some of my Hawk fan fiction. So, they uh, they eventually get married spoilers um that's the only only way i can see this story working out for me um so speaking of the mill uh let's head over to uh the mill where josie is getting a phone call from uh sheriff truman who's like hey were you spying on somebody at a cheap motel today? The mm-hmm. one cheap motel we have here in Twin Peaks. And uh, and therefore the place all stakeouts happen, apparently. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was there. Uh, and he's like, well, what's that about? And she's like, look, I'll, I'll tell you, but I can't talk right now because in comes Pete. And Pete is uh, uh, trying to talk Josie into going to a fishing competition with him. It sounds like the most boring thing on the planet, Pete. Sorry, I, I really am. <sighs> yeah, I know. Like, I'd have to, I'd have to say no to Pete on that one too. It does sound terrible. Josie, on the other hand, is like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like Pete, you're cool. I'll hang out with you for an afternoon and sit in the boat. And and she's like, look, I don't know anything about fishing. And he's like, no, that's cool because you're Joan Chin, and whatever you want to do is fine. Uh, <laughs> you just sit in the boat and do Joan Chin shit. That's fine. Um. And then he gets her to make him a sandwich with extra mayo. Uh, yeah. Because he, he's really sticking it to his, you know, shrew of a wife. <laughs> but but Josie's phone calls have not ended for the evening, Duncan. Mm-hmm. She's got another one coming. Yep. Well, there's a letter that she receives. And it uh, it turns out to be a, a drawing of uh, a a domino with three pips on either mm-hmm. hemisphere. Uh, this before where have we seen this before, Bo? Yeah, flashback like thirty minutes mm-hmm. when the judge was like, "Hey, what are you playing with that domino keychain for?" And he was like, "What? Nothing." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so Joan uh, Joan Chan Josie Packard goes uh, uh, like is pacing the floor a little bit because she's received this drawing and it obviously means something to her. And sure enough, Hank is calling her from prison and is like, did you get my letter? <laughs> and he, and she's like, yes, I got it. And then he sucks on his domino real gross for a minute. Yeah. Just, Catch you later. And it is, the oiliest delivery of those lines you could imagine. Um, yeah, and and there ends the episode. Yeah, it ends on that bombshell. Yeah, and <laughs> it's all right. Let's let's be real about this. This feels much like last episode. 
uh-huh. that this is not the the wacky, weird uh, Twin Peaks of the first two three episodes. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. We're we're doing a lot more story stuff. Uh, it, it is definitely when Twin Peaks starts to hit that soap opera vibe because mm-hmm. of all the like the character relationships like the stuff we talked about like Benjamin Horn all of a sudden is working with Leo and now Bobby knows about all this stuff and is planning the shirt and you know, I mean just all kinds of the the crazy goings on there um and you know it 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 all works it's all fun there are some, like I'm not no bullshit hog high five and that guy is one of the greatest things in this episode, and not because it's a weak episode. It's because no. that is awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, there's some good stuff with, like, you know, Lynch calling in and, and being like, you know, <laughs> Albert's mad! And, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff is, is super fun in this episode. But there's all... And, like, on paper... I should be way more into the fact that there was this weird minor bird incident involving Laura Palmer, but I think that the problem with it is, is uh, the problem with that is um, that it kind of comes up in this episode and then is quickly resolved. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the, the I, I think like from my point of view, what the things I think work really well in this episode is the fact that once again, it it gives you this idea that there is more going on in Twin Peaks with characters than we understand as viewers. And that's slowly being unfolded over time. You know, interactions with certain characters who have not interacted with, with each other yet are now starting to come out the woodwork. Um, And that's, that certainly made things far more interesting. I mean, at this stage, it's very difficult to, if you're especially if you're watching this for the first time round, not to think that that Leo is very much entangled in what was either the the killing of or the disposal of Laura Palmer. Just just from the way things are being set up, um, Doctor Jacoby is still infinitely weird and is not being forth forthcoming with all the facts. Um, but then there's also this this kind of thing about the visions that we're getting and how the the dream world of Cooper it, it may manifest people, um, you know, physical resemblances to people in in the real world, but the the actual elements don't tie up, so people are not the same in the real world as portrayed in his dreams, um. And as such, there's a greater mystery mystery to be un, kind of unraveled there, which is part of the fun. So, whereas I I, I think this episode maybe lacks the weirdness um, of some of the earlier episodes, particularly the lunch episodes, um, I think we're, we're, we're kind of back to... This one very much is back to, like the previous episode, it's trying to forward the plot in a kind of almost procedural way where it's given us a bit of information here, a bit of information there. Here's something fairly ridiculous, but there's a bit more information here and there's a bit more information there. Um, and it, it certainly carried through the story. I don't necessarily know if we've had many questions answered that weren't like things like the bird question. Um, we've certainly got more questions asked um but we now have you know audrey 
essentially going undercover into her father's organization to get information there we have a uh, dale cooper very much aware of or having confirmation of his vision of bob um the police are looking into leo now leo's about to go and commit a pretty heinous crime with fire um and basically in the background of this one we we have you know benjamin horn um really manipulating everyone at the moment the one thing we never talked about which i think is wonderfully weird and very very funny um is while he's in the hotel room he decides he's going to go for a bath but he won't go without his little rubber elvis um which is yeah it's you know in in a show where a lot of oily stuff happens uh uh that's pretty gross too yeah, it's like it's just this this constant reminder that people are just slightly off to the side um, of normal. Um, so yeah, uh, so yes, there's there's plenty of things going on. Um, we're getting some answers, maybe not as many as I would like, but um, the mystery moves on, Bo. It does indeed. Uh, I I don't want to speak for you, um, but I might a little. Uh, I think that if we were to make our predictions at this point in the show, as you suggested, I think Leo Johnson is the guy who uh, makes the most sense as a Uh suspect. Um, Definitely doesn't seem to be Bobby, given his surprise about the the shirt and whatnot. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think he's kind of in the clear. And, uh, you know, the other person, given the fact that we know that Leo Johnson and Benjamin Horn are at least underworld buddies uh, that, you know, maybe that puts him on the table too. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that is my suspect list uh, as of episode five. We've only got three more of these left. Yeah. And that's season one down. Yeah. Uh, Which is of course a third, the size of season two. Yeah, it's probably worth noting that our, our intentions, because we are very fastly approaching, I believe it's 10 weeks until Twin Peaks yeah. officially returns to there. When we hit season two, we will not be going as ridiculously in-depth per episode. The likelihood is we'll probably double up and do double, double episodes um, of the show per episode of podcast so we can get through them um, in a timely fashion uh, which will link into pretty much the start of the... So they'll be coming thick and fast, pretty much. But season two um, is an interesting one in that, boy, does that show go off the rails big time. So yeah, uh, it, I mean, it's, a, it's a slog. So, um, yeah, the concerns... That, the, 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 some of the concerns that we raise about certain episodes just now... Uh, become bigger issues later on, um, and we're, once again, we're not we're not doing any spoilers. But uh, at the moment, I still think at the moment, I still think the show operates like a really interesting level of kind of poking fun at like sitcom TV. Um, plus, at the same time, given that dark, weird, surreal Lynch idea of the, the you know the the American dream, the American ideal. Uh, juxtaposed against the, uh, you know, the backdrop of this horrible murder, um, and just how many people are involved. Uh, you know, it's it's almost we're we're like 
literally almost at the stage now where we're working down from like when this show started it was like murder and the orient express you know everyone could have done it and everyone maybe did it um but now we're, we're kind of narrowing it down to suspects that feel kind of right so we'll see yeah. we'll see how it unfolds into episode six next week indeed we shall duncan uh for now though i think we will uh we will leave it there mm-hmm. um anything you would like to say in in a way of goodbyes to our gentle listeners uh, just thank you once again for all the support it's been a ton of fun working our way through this can't wait to get into more twin peaks and look forward to speaking to you all next week yes everything duncan said uh be sure to rate and review the show uh and yeah we'll be back uh to talk about the final three episodes we're gonna we're in the home stretch of this revelations coming hot and heavy uh shifting allegiances spacecraft <laughs> all of these await us some of those await us in the next three episodes so thanks again everyone for listening we'll see you in a week good night bye